0: well uh so i mean what are we what are we doing here we're sort of doing a regular episode and yet this is highly irregular
1: um highly irregular um you might need to invest in the laxative yeah
0: and i mean you know people have been asking us to do a regular episode and all i have to say to that
1: is we don't really want what we think we desire so part of the problem is, is that uh, we've been recording some special episodes. I've been procrastinating doing my special episodes. And listen and to this. Listen. It's to been, this. it's been kind of hard because it's dark in there. It's yeah. yeah. There's
2: Boy, there's so much eerie in here.
1: There's so much going on, and it feels like um. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. So just but oh my gosh. <laughs>
0: the people have asked the people have asked and there have been some pressing matters uh that we've had to deal with well the avocado dog you know (laughs) so here we are to deal with them
2: so so. here we go
0: indeed uh first things first uh we're proud to announce that this podcast has been acquired by quibi Uh, wow However, it will become a Quibi exclusive, so you will only be able to get the podcast through Quibi. It will remain audio only. I'm not entirely sure what will happen when you when you flip your phone between orientations because that's Quibi's whole thing, right? Is that the video right. changes, but this is audio only, so I don't know what'll happen there. They haven't told us that. We've been talking with Meg and and Jeffrey. Uh, I call him Jeff. Um and uh not a whole lot yeah, of answers and I call there her so meh. far like you <laughs> yeah <laughs> um another thing is that they are requiring all of our listeners to sign an
1: NDA um correct so this is not look this is just normal this is this is totally normal industry uh, practice don't worry about it.
0: Non disparagement. Um, you're not allowed to talk about the podcast. You're not allowed to. Definitely not allowed to make fun of the podcast or me no. or Aaron. You're absolutely no. not. And this is specifically called out. You are absolutely not permitted to call us pee pee poo poo diaper babies. Um, there are liquidated damages in the amount of three million dollars for each instance that that occurs. Don't do it.
1: <laughs> you can't say pee pee poo poo diaper babies and the liquidated damages. <laughs> <laughs> It's right down to an inch. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, how's uh, your antifa know, going? Apparently.
0: Uh, well, you know, I'm just be over here being an anti-fascist. Um, mm-hmm, apparently same. that's bad now. Um, yeah, which is, apparently- you know, it's somewhat refreshing that they've just gone ahead and basically admitted that they are for fascism. Because if you're anti-antifa, you know. Like then you're pro-fuh. we have rules of double negatives. That means you're just a fuh, and the fuh is for fascism,
1: <laughs> right? Right. So. it's it's pretty simple, um, and it's strange that no that people are just so willing to to own themselves like that. Yeah. Um, I think the fact that though it's like both liberals and conservatives can agree, you know.
2: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That that you know they're the they're that. It's a big old sign. Like, it's like... Right,
2: yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, they're like, oh, the only people doing anything is Antifa. Uh, And it's like, well, hmm. (laughs) It turns out the tactics may be working. Um, Right. You know, ignoring that Antifa isn't, like, an actual organized uh, organization.
1: If anybody doesn't know that, and this is the thing that I tell everybody, to go read um, the... um, now, forgetting who wrote it off the top of my head, um, there is a book called AntiFa: The Anti-Fascist Handbook by Mark Bray. Go ahead and mm. read that book; it's very good. Highly recommends if you are not aware of what it actually is, but it is more of an ideology. Yeah, um, the, yeah. That-
0: well, yeah. No, that's exactly it. It's an ideology. It's not really an organization. There are AntiFas in like cities around the country, but they aren't really closely linked to each other
1: no there's no real organization it's definitely not not
0: like definitely not as organized a political force as for example the republican or democratic parties
1: (laughs) absolutely not or you know the the brotherhood of uh the fraternal order of of uh yeah or even the three
0: percenters
1: (laughs) oh yeah right totally yeah so uh you I, w- I want to also this.
0: note here one, one yeah. quick thing that um, this is yet again an illustration of the thing I've said before, which is whatever they accuse you of doing, they are doing. So yeah. when they say Antifa is attacking the foundations of our great nation, all you have to do is replace Antifa with the word I or we. And there you go. Yeah. You figured it out. Very simple. You
1: figured it out. It is it is a pretty simple thing. Yeah. It's funny because uh, one of my coworkers came in uh, the other day and was like, have you been on Nextdoor lately and seen what's going on? And I was like, no, I don't really go on there. And and she was like, (laughs) um, everyone is losing their minds about Antifa. And they're saying
2: that's in here.
1: (laughs) They're saying that they're coming to kill all of the whites and, and all this. Oh yeah. They're Um, they're like literally afraid out their minds and like, uh, and I was like, what? And I got on there and I saw all these posts and, uh, it was pretty crazy.
0: <laughs> I don't know if you saw, but like day three or four of the protests in Chicago, the CPD was like deeply concerned that there was like a caravan of Antifa in buses coming up from Indianapolis that they sent yeah. police to close the highway at the state border.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, like everywhere. Um, I, I think a lot of this is a uh, white supremacist. uh like sewing a bunch of fake. Oh, yeah. Because all of the stories are so similar that it's got to be coming from like one place. Exactly. Um, But they're all insane things like Antifa buses mm -hmm. loaded with Antifa super soldiers are coming. I just want
0: to be clear. Antifa would use trains.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Or hot air balloons.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) we're not going to come by bus. You would expect that. But come on. Another There's- thing is that it spilled over into political campaigning too, because there was that um horrid advertising for some Congress congressional candidate um, woman in Northwest Georgia where she's like, it's one of the classic genre of Republican uh campaign ads where they're holding an assault rifle the entire time through the video right right. i have a message for antifa terrace stay out of northwest georgia you won't burn our churches or loot our stores and all that it's like i don't think you have to worry about antifa coming for you in northwest georgia (laughs) though it would be funny if they did just to prove a point
1: or northeast georgia or yeah you you may have
0: to worry about general sherman coming through northwest georgia (laughs)
1: So anyhow, the tactic. So like, I was bored, and so what I decided I was going to do on these Antifa posts is I was going to go on there and I was going to reply. So here's an just example: be completely
0: where, credulous.
1: <laughs> like, like I was going to reply um, as if I was like, "Oh no, I'm sorry. Like, uh, let me try to explain this to." you. Like, I was like, mm. "I, uh, I totally understand." So I just said like actually and I know this maybe sounds crazy, but it's the fascists who are fascist and the anti-fascists who are not. I know that can get confusing so I just wanted to clear that up <laughs> hope this helps <laughs> and, 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 one, and one of the guys replied no they suppress a they suppress and oppress groups to gain power and believe in a single layer leader dot 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 themselves. And I replied, I see how this could be confusing. What you need to remember is that the people fighting against fascism are actually not the fascists. (laughs) and so I just continued to do that kind of you can just continue to clearly explain it and it doesn't matter and and, but the more you do like I kept getting all of these likes and messages from people who are Uh, like oh my gosh thank you what is wrong with it but you would never know because it's just the echo chamber of these uh, oh yeah
0: well and next door is particularly bad for this kind of thing right I mean it was an absolute laughable joke when next door put up a post that was like we support black lives matter and then like 20 Minutes later, people were posting <laughs> like images of their posts getting deleted off of Nextdoor for you know because they had like controversial content of saying Black Lives Matter. Right, on Nextdoor. I mean, that's Nextdoor is basically like the 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 platform that you use to alert other people, you know, in the that they're like weird people in the area. Yeah, it's not it's, great. It's,
1: it's not great. Um, and that's you know like these these weird social circles that have formed in like Facebook groups or next door or wherever, for people to just completely wild out and go crazy with these conspiracy theories and completely detach from the rest of the world because they don't even know their next door neighbor. They don't even know right. anybody like IRL. Yeah. All they know is their tight knit group of these people sharing all these crazy things with each other. And that and I'm like it's funny when that spills out cause th- that inevitably spills out into your normal life. And you start to see like all these weird tribes of people. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was at the car wash this morning and I, uh, and I mean, I guess I'm, I'm one of these tribes too, but I do it like on purpose to kind of like incite people. So like I have like an anti-fascist, uh, stickers on my car. Like I have a I have a three arrows and I have a red and red and black like the original mm, uh mm-hmm. Antifa thing on a sticker on my car. Um mm. because I like drive thinking about driving around my area and seeing all these insane people mm-hmm. and uh making them think like, oh no.
0: They're here. Getting on next door. <laughs> saw saw a car with an Antifa, an Antifa
1: flag. <laughs> Antifa. So I was driving the car wash and I was driving out and there was this big like dually red pickup truck mm-hmm. um with uh QAnon stickers all over it oh lovely <laughs> and like as i was driving by the the i have one sticker on my pat on my driver's the second seat back on the window so mm-hmm. that as i drive by things and it's like a anifa flag and i saw the look on this person's face as they saw that and i just gave him the wink in the gun and they were so scared. Look, like, it was they're just like. Oh. And now they're going to go is, on. It's
0: interesting how much power they ascribe to it.
1: yeah like they are
0: deeply terrified.
1: If I saw a three percenter and they wink in the gun at me, I'd be like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Yeah, like, I'd be like, "Okay, whatever." Dress up okay, okay, in your. Buddy.
0: Yeah. Okay. Here you are in like you know like a northern Michigan wearing desert
1: camo. Like I'm not worried about you. Yeah yeah I'm definitely not scared so uh so anyhow, that was an experience I had this morning mm. <laughs> um exciting now, now, moving on to like a, the food vertical, which I know is i mean this is the big thing that everyone wanted us to come back on and talk about. I know uh, <laughs> <laughs> so i've 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 found something in the interim since we've not been recording mm-hmm. that I wanted to share with everybody, and it's like my new my new law. What I'm going to get, like particularly like fast food, is you just always ask for extra lettuce
2: mm. Mm.
1: because mm. food purveyors have gone astray mm. and they they have not been giving the correct quantity of lettuce. Um,
0: Interesting. And yeah. I don't
1: know why they're cheaping out on the lettuce. Maybe the lettuce is worse or something. Yeah,
0: I don't know. Maybe there's less of. It. I mean, I know there's been issues right with like romaine lettuce getting you know all uh, food. I just noticed or that whatever. there's.
1: There's less crunch. There's less like the purpose. Of, and usually oh, there's like yeah, iceberg yeah. lettuce. And it's like one stale leaf of iceberg lettuce does nothing for me. It might no, as well No, that's there. not
0: the idea. Yeah.
1: So I've just started asking for extra lettuce and it's changed my life. And I, I recommend this to anybody. Yeah, I'm not going
0: to hurt anything, certainly. I mean, lettuce is literally not nutritional.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just there for it's the just texture, yeah. really.
0: Right. Uh, it's just It's just a crunch additive.
1: <laughs> and like a freshness. You know what I mean? Uh,
0: oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: So I I first started doing this when I got a one of those spicy chicken sandwiches from Jack in the Box, and I was like, "There's not enough lettuce on this." And the next time I asked for extra lettuce, and it was like, it it felt like, oh, this is what the way it used to be. Like mm-hmm. I remember it was so good, and that's what it is. Extra lettuce. Mm. Now you have you have some food stuff yeah
0: i do uh this was brought to my attention you know a lot of things have been brought to my attention on twitter lately and many of them i'm not super happy have been brought to my attention um this i remain mixed about but i definitely knew when i saw it that i would need to share it with you oh no Um, it is ham dog Um, oh no this is a take a a, a take a tweet From Jake uh Berenduki. I was googling hot dog-shaped hamburgers and I stumbled upon the ham dog. Thoughts question mark.
2: <laughs> Why? Was what, he this googling? Is,
0: what this is is this is a hamburger patty that has been split in half so that you can place a Frankfurter in between the two halves, and then the bun is shaped to sort of cover it looks both like the, the patty London, and the, the dog. London
1: Underground signage. It like. looks exactly
0: like a sort of edible roundel, yes. Um <laughs> this is uh here's the thing. I mean, no. the thing is, if I want <laughs> I a hot dog like and a hamburger, I would just purchase those two things separately and eat them, right? Like, <clears throat> I'm not, I suppose yeah. it's slightly more efficient to combine them, but it also, um, it, I feel I like it would mix tastes in a weird way.
1: It just looks like, it's like an affront to
0: God. Like, it really it is.
1: is cursed.
0: And if you scroll down, he has another thing. It says, for anyone interested in molding ground beef into cylinders, <laughs> there is a hamdogger tool.
1: Well, okay, so I could get down with a ham (laughs) dogger.
0: Ham dogger is objectively a great name, however.
1: (laughs) Hamdogger? I barely knew her. (laughs) <laughs> uh, it, does, do, why? why? <laughs> uh, I don't know. That one doesn't bother me as much as the. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, you know.
1: I can't it's stop looking. Okay. A promise I've made to myself <laughs> to eat in a more healthy way, a better
0: diet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, it's just. I was... I forgot to share mine. Hello, everybody. I'm Huel Howser, and here I am eating my salad. I've got lots of lettuce here. <laughs> and that's what we love. We love lots of lettuce. So the lesson here is more lettuce, less ham dog. Um, don't Quit unnecessarily combining foods. We don't need to do that.
1: You know it's it what it really comes down to is that we believe in science
0: we 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 believe in science we believe, we believe in, in the food science we believe in uh water science
1: i'm in the mood for some water
0: um we believe in uh well really just all kinds of science well we you know
1: we also believe in uh an a canine nutrition science the grove we were just visiting yes their dogs ate avocados oh yes
0: that's a lovely synthesis um yeah but yeah what we especially believe in is saying that we believe in science
1: (laughs) i just like i i I remember i added this to the notes because someone said that and everyone was like yas queen thank you thank you thank you and i'm just in the corner just barfing my guts out because it's like all the valor that people feel like they should get for saying such a simple thing it's like congrats yeah it's like wow (laughs) you You, believe
0: in science uh um really breaking some new ground with this um
1: yeah i don't know what's more annoying that it's like trying I mean, to uh virtue signal in the stupidest of possible ways yeah. or whether it's also like trying to be like i'm better than those people like you're just trying to erect this barrier right well and this is not to
0: um you know minimize the fact that scientific literacy has in general been going down but i'm not sure what exactly you think you're accomplishing by going well i believe in science
1: most of the people and who the say that probably that. don't have a great scientific literacy. Let's yeah,
0: be right. Well, and, 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 and also the I believe in science gets used by literally everyone on every side of an argument, you know. <laughs> so right. it's not really meaningful because that's the nature of science is that... Um, It is open for interpretation in a lot of ways. I
1: think most often what You can cherry pick,
0: I mean, is what I'm saying. Yeah,
1: yeah. But most often what it is, is it's like a subtle form of bootlicking and kissing up to the professional class is what it is. Mm. It's like signaling that I am a upper middle class. I'm the professional class. I'm not- I respect our first
0: uh, professors.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes all all professors matter
0: (laughs) all disciplines matter
1: (laughs) and i don't Uh, know to me it's just like oh it's so i'm part of the thin
0: thin blue line that's for biology and then you have the uh thin red line that one's for medicine um (laughs) Jeez. It's just, uh,
1: I don't know, it just really bothers me, and it kind of bleeds into something that we've been talking about that that, that kind of needs to come up, um, because there's this... Uh,
0: be- so, in case you haven't been aware, there's been a lot of protests lately about the nature of police brutality and racism in our country, and indeed in the world. Um, right. And so there is a, a sort of mass movement that has been happening uh, to... Um, you know take tangible steps to defund the police and,
1: and, abolish and it's the police yeah and it's important to note too that it's not just racism or police brutality but it also is combined with a class analysis with the class consciousness that like this is all tied to our economic and political system
0: Right, the police inevitably enforce the will of the very rich and and the capitalist system that we live under. Right. Right. Because basically, I mean, the reason that a lot of, you know, um, so like as an example, black communities are typically over-policed because they have a lot of crimes. What are those crimes? They're typically crimes of poverty, things like stealing food from a convenience store. And what do you solve when you arrest people for that? Nothing. You could give them money so that they don't have to steal food, but that would be hard. Even
1: even the crime's not even theft so much as it's like loitering because they have nothing to do. Right? Because there's no exactly
0: (laughs) because the education system has failed them, and because you know our our jobs and employment systems and companies have failed them as well. Right? Yeah, it's all these things. That um you know we we've basically systematically dismantled any of the sort of support structures, you know, things like mental health services and social work and things like that, and we push that all onto our police, and the only thing the police are trained to do is is beat people and shoot them,
1: and I the thing you have to realize is that this was this is this is purposeful because underneath the capitalist system, you must have poverty you must have an underclass you must have this this uh conglomeration of unfortunate circumstances under under unto which anybody can fall into who does not toe the line and so that you can use the fear of that uh, against other people and and because y- you cannot have everyone working because then there would be no profit
0: right and that that, reason, that, that fact, the fact that you must have an underclass, is why movements get co-opted. And so that's, right. what we're, that's what we're talking about here, and that's what we're seeing, is that there are movements that threaten these power structures. And so there have been efforts to co-opt these movements and redirect them to less destructive, or ideally non-destructive ends. Um, and that's... Yeah. You had this, so I'm going to let you take it from here. So
1: the, one of the first ones we've seen is this eight-can't-wait campaign mm-hmm. which was uh, pushed by DeRay McKesson who was a prominent um uh I don't, you sort could of say a, organ organizer yeah, was like the guy on the
0: ground at Ferguson.
1: Right. And 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 he's from Baltimore. He was involved with stuff there. Um he's become pretty popular for his his ability to use social media. Um mm-hmm. but he's also Involved with promoting things like charter schools and a lot of neoliberal
2: things, yeah, very think
1: tanky projects that make, money,
0: projects. And, <laughs> that make um, money
1: for people but don't necessarily help anything. And um, as he's gotten more fame and more um, cachet among that nonprofit world, mm-hmm. uh, he's spun it out into a lot of these kinds of things. Well, so and as they, you
0: observed, he is literally a pod John he has a podcast on the pod, John, uh, media network. So that should give you pause. He's He's connected with all of these, uh, what I would call insiders, you know, this sort of network of like think tanks and nonprofits and things like this. And so that is how you get this sort of, um, this sort of astroturfed movement with like slick branding i mean eight can't wait right like that's kind Mm -hmm. of a slick branding thing and they can roll it out all at once because you just you didn't just hear this from one place once this happened like all the famous people were tweeting about it you know and it was in a lot of of news sources and all that they rolled out you know they've got they probably got some pr from working on this too you know,
1: right, and and it had the, I mean, it like had that. the support of things like the Obama Foundation, and and so like it had access to all of this huge network, and it got right. pushed out everywhere. Um, so so eight
0: can't wait is this idea that you can make basically like eight policy changes to police departments, and that will substantially decrease, um, the amount of killings that happen, um, because of police, basically reduce the amount of police killing, um. Right and it sort of sounds good if you don't actually think about it or look into it at all um some of these eight things include require warning before shooting um ban shooting at moving vehicles require exhaust all our art- all alternatives before shooting uh ban chokeholds and strangleholds which like these are all very small things um and also that are mostly
1: in place already (laughs) yes indeed
0: so the statistics that they that they use to sort of say oh this reduces violence by whatever percent i think they've taken it off the website now because it got debunked but it was basically like you would have to implement all eight of these policies and then theoretically the data shows that police violence would decrease by this amount a lot of police departments already have these policies in place Mm -hmm. Which should tell you how useless they are. For example, you know, in New York City, where Eric Garner was killed by a policeman who did a chokehold on him, chokeholds were not legal or permitted for police to do, that did not stop them from doing it. So but the thing is that this is a way to sort of co-opt and redirect the protest movement that's currently happening now instead of saying abolish the police or, you know, find some ways to divest from policing and look at other community strategies for policing. um, Yeah, just just say that you're making some policy updates and then you have a win for yourself and you can see how silly this is if you google eight can't wait you can find lots of news articles about police departments committing to some or all of these principles because that if they do that it doesn't <laughs> threaten their position at all and that yeah, it should key be a here.
1: sign about how willing the power the people in power are to to feel these things they like, don't feel threatened it, and that's
0: why they're okay going yeah we'll do that sure why not
1: yeah yeah and it's important to recognize that this is not just organic that what's happening is this is being organized by this group of people, and I'm not trying to say it's a conspiracy. I don't want people to to take it that way, you know. But what well, it is not is not so much this... that
0: they're doing it in secret. We can literally see them doing it,
1: right? Well, and they they are all they have these connections in these groups that all work together in conjunction with uh, corporations and nonprofits, yeah. and and so it's it, it, it's it's easy to think. When you see something on social media, you hear something, oh, that sounds like a good idea, but like just stop and think about it real quick. And their whole thing,
0: right, is to say, like, oh, defunding the police doesn't actually mean defunding the police. It means doing these eight things. And it's like, what they've told you there is that the words that you're saying don't mean what you're actually saying. And you should think about Yeah, Abolishment doesn't mean
1: abolishment. Imagine an easy thought experiment for you when you hear this is to go back to to pre-abolition of slavery mm-hmm. right yeah and put it in that context well abolition doesn't mean abolition right well oh, what
0: <laughs> instead we're going to require plantations to pass or uh, implement these eight policies uh banning whipping and yeah no i mean yeah. that's just
1: think of it in those terms and i know it's hard to do that because we always assume that in the present time we're being reasonable and rational and and we're better than the people in the past that we're more cognizant like we're not as ignorant
2: mm-hmm. but
1: this is the tale of history is that we're always ignorant <laughs> we're, right <laughs> you you need to really think about it in that context and 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 it's important because If you turn on the cable news, like, I, you know, every once in a while, I'll turn it on just to see what they're talking about. And this is the thing they're talking about. They have tons of experts on there to tell you that what that abolition doesn't doesn't mean abolition. And Mm -hmm. here's here's what let's redirect. They don't have any experts on to explain abolition from a pro abolition standpoint.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: That should tell you something.
0: Yeah. Because they can find all of these people who are talking about the eight can't wait stuff because, again, these things are, are orchestrated and they've, they're have they almost certainly from the organizations pushing this eight can't wait thing. They are sending pitches to these new organizations and saying, we have such and so person who is willing to appear on your program. You know, well, ha- you can have DeRay on or you can have someone else on. Right. And so, you know, and those networks are pre-established. Those connections are already established. Yeah. But uh you know if you want more detail on this far more exhaustive detail than we've gotten into there is a link in the show notes to a piece on Vice about um the 8 can't wait initiative and the 8 to abolition initiative and what makes them different and things like that.
1: Yeah, and I would also say something that I found exceedingly helpful is to follow actual Black Lives Matter organizers and mm-hmm. groups um and let them explain what they're up to. Right. You know, yeah. let them, let them speak for themselves. Um, and don't go to these experts and intermediaries who have nothing to do with them. Mm-hmm. Um, because I can tell from, from discussing it with people involved there that they're pretty frustrated as well. And they're doing their best to try to try to counteract this stuff. Um, so yep. it's smart. all
0: just stuff getting thrown in their path that we don't yeah. need.
1: Don't participate in it, you know. Yeah, (laughs) don't boost
0: it. Don't retweet it. Don't do anything
2: like that. Yeah, Definitely not. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, it's uh... It can be awkward and uncomfortable being a manager.
0: Boy, can't. Don't you think? I yes,
1: I agree. As a manager. I wouldn't know I've never been a manager and I, <laughs> I, I this is what I hear from every manager I've ever known about how difficult it is to be a manager mm-hmm. well that's why we're so proud to have a sponsor for this episode and that sponsor is Middlemensch what Middlemensch does is it takes all those awkward and uncomfortable parts of being a manager or a boss and it does it for you. How does now, you how ever, does this work? Well, say you you have an incident with an employee. Mm-hmm. Say that employee is spreading information that could sow discord in your company. Say they're talking about uh, scary subjects like solidarity or organizing mm-hmm. or fairness right. or equity. Mm-hmm. All, all of these
0: min- destructive, disruptive
1: <laughs> concepts. Right. Bring in middlemensch. Let middlemensch help you mm-hmm. to be your go-between, to be yeah. the middleman. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, because sometimes a manager needs a manager.
0: Boy, howdy.
1: Go to, I don't know, this is as far as I got with this. this, <laughs> this, this that's all, I mean, that's all I got.
0: Visit uh visit our website at uh W W. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, oh
0: this boy. is now this, this is, is a big one.
2: This is a oh big one. Boy, look. I know we might be spending too much time talking about this.
0: Yeah. Um so uh b- This is a segment, um, that contains, uh, many, uh, well, it contains a couple topics about, um, revelations that have occurred over the past week, um, starting first with things related to Cards Against Humanity, the Board Game Company, and Max Temkin specifically. Um, there were, uh, quite a lot of allegations of mistreatment and systemic, um, racism and, and taking advantage of the people of color who work at the company. Um
1: and for those who don't who don't aren't aware, I know a lot of people who listen to us probably already know all this stuff. But um you know Cards Against Humanity is a pretty popular card game. Um you can buy it at your local Target. Mm-hmm. Um and Max is What's his, his one of the founders' partners? The, yeah, the big the big boy pants. Yeah, president? he he
0: tends to be the figurehead of the company.
1: Correct. Now the company um is an interesting company, and they do a lot of funny gag, um, at, what would you call it? Marketing type things.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: they position themselves uh to the left and and progressive, right. Um, and so that's important context. For when you learn about all the stuff that that has uh, apparently been going on there for years. Right.
0: Yeah, quite a lot of disturbing and um, upsetting allegations made towards Max, as well as just the general culture of the company. Um, and this builds upon a rape accusation that Max uh, had back in 2014 that was mostly sort of swept under the rug. I think he, 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 at the time he published a, a sort of non-apology apology for it and promised to do better and then didn't. Um, and so these things have sort of come to a head now together. Um, and quite a lot of people have spoken out. There are links, uh, exhaustive links in the show notes. Um, yeah. One, and one that I would point to- out is the article from um, Anita Sarkeesian about uh, her medium post. Um, about max and um you know because she has worked with max in the past and um you know um talking about uh the rape allegations and other allegations um and how she sort of looked the other way and that was incorrect um and the steps that she's taking to remedy that and then also a tweet thread by andy mcmillan who is one of the organizers of the xoxo conference um which it turns out um Max is is banned from and he gets into some of the reasons for that and his experience dealing with Max.
1: Um, yeah, there's a lot of heavy stuff. Um, it's, uh, and, and, you know, I know me, me and Andrew, uh, we, we are big, we were big fans of, uh, podcasts that involved Max. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were kind of in that world and we spent a lot of our time in, you know, discord servers with other people who are in that world too. And so it's kind of a big thing. And I think both of us had our, maybe we had our own reactions to this. Uh, everyone's processing it in their own way, but a lot of the frustration that I think we've shared, um, is that uh, it, it, it's hard because everyone tends to make it about themselves.
0: Yes. And <laughs> and, and I, I think that this was illustrated by, so the the podcast in question is due by Friday. Uh, yeah. And they published an episode on Wednesday. Uh, these allegations first came out on Monday, I believe. Um, is that right? I, I want to check, so I'm not saying the right, the wrong thing. Uh, the, June 6th, which
2: is,
1: uh,
0: yeah, that whoa, that was Saturday.
1: that was a Saturday, yeah,
0: yeah. So they had been out for for several days at this point. Um, and they addressed it, the whole situation briefly a, a, in the sort of introduction to the episode. um, and you and I both both thought that they did not do a particularly good job. No, um the no. the hosts Merlin and Alex. Um, Max has left the show, unclear whether it's permanent or not. um but they talked a lot about um being worried about max and not a lot about any of the uh, specifics of the allegations or any of the victims and i thought that that was inappropriate um in these sort of things this sort of situation you should center the victims i am not deeply concerned about max um he has clearly done some bad things and he must um bear the consequences of those things. Um, and
1: it's one thing to and this is this is something like I understand having empathy for someone who's your friend who's done bad things. Mm-hmm. Um that's a that's a totally reasonable and probably a good response like you know um it's very easy with the culture of the world right now to just um just completely dehumanize and uh turn against someone in like a really sick way Mm -hmm. um but you don't have to go out and make that what you talk about you don't have to make that the thing that you make in public statements yeah
0: right as you said you you under (laughs) you said that you understood the the sort of um you understood the, the words that they were saying and the feelings that they were having but you were not sure why they would choose to publish it publicly the because, fact
1: that that's what was at top of mind, yeah, and that's what they chose to share, and mm-hmm. I don't think there was any sort of tactical reason for that I just right. think yeah, it kind of alludes to the nature of this kind of thing which which is that it's all it all turns into a a, a factional not, tribal kind of a thing and, right it,
0: it did uh, not suggest to me that they were completely understanding the, the gravity of the situation or that they were taking it as seriously as I think they needed to.
1: Yeah, or in some ways thinking of themselves as victims. Right. Instead of... Which I,
0: yeah, I mean, like they have a podcast that ha- of which Max was a host. That podcast right. makes a significant amount of money on Patreon. So I right. suppose it is somewhat natural to question because quite a lot of people have quit the Patreon now to yeah. think of how that's going to affect you personally. But right. you kind of have to suck it up and get over that because even though it is affecting you, it is certainly not affecting you. You more than benefited you. from yeah. it. <laughs> you, you benefited from it, and also it is not affecting you nearly as badly as his actions affected the victims. Correct. Um, yeah. And, and then I, I found it. I, I, so I listened to the intro of that episode, and then they tried to do... A real episode following the intro, and I found that so incongruous, <laughs> I could not listen anymore, and I it turned it off. It was
1: just, it was completely bizarre to me. I it, just it felt ended.
0: like very much like we're going to like tick a box here. We have talked about it, and then we're good. And,
1: and I think the thing that I want to get across too, because we've talked about this, is that we also aren't experiencing the same reaction as a lot of people of like vengeful anger and. And, and, and or
0: like um, grief and, and and a feeling of, you know, like feeling distraught.
1: Right. And I understand, I Feelings guess, why other people do, and, but yeah. we just don't because it's like this to, in the end of the day, this is like a celebrity or a, a public figure or a, a yeah. podcast. It's not. And I've got a lot to talk about friend. that
0: uh, later on. But right. right. Exactly. It, it's it's a different way of approaching um you know well like the hosts of podcasts or whatever and how you how you sort of which bucket you sort them into in your mind right i guess
1: right and i think i think it's important like just because people have different responses those are valid like yeah but it, it just i wanted to put that out there to put it into perspective for why we would say what we'd say right yes um yeah and and as if that all wasn't enough this week, mm-hmm. there was similar and parallel stuff coming out about um, another uh,
2: person, person, another organization, which is
1: the, the BA Test Kitchen.
0: Yeah, the Bon Appetit Test Kitchen, which we have yeah. talked about in the past. Um,
1: right. As you know... Um, yeah we're big fans uh bradley my grandson uh <laughs> makes the show uh for it <laughs>
2: yeah
1: um and 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 they have been a similarly popular public persona um mm. and and yeah, having, they
0: also had that sort of um, facade or air of sort of progressiveness um, and, 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 and like positivity. This,
1: this almost communal nature, right? This collegiality yeah. among everybody that we're all having fun here.
0: Right. It seemed like it seemed like everything in the test kitchen was sort of a, a perfect harmony in a way. You know, it was. Yeah. It was. There were like dysfunctional elements of it, but in a sort of relatable, happy way. You know. Right. Uh, but uh, then. <laughs> <laughs> that was very much not the case. Um, and, and a, a culture uh, that doesn't just afflict Bon Appetit, to be honest, but it, it inflicts the entire Conde Nast media organization. Um, but was right. brought to a head by uh surfacing of a picture of the ed- now former editor in chief, Adam Rappaport, doing brown face. Um, right. Which. Uh was a picture from some time ago, but a picture that he apparently had framed on his desk in his office, which is just an extremely bad <laughs> idea apparently to apparently was me.
1: pretty proud of, thought it yeah. was pretty funny. Um,
0: and then uh, larger allegations um, and complaints coming from the chefs and uh, staff of Bon Appetit, who are um, people of color, that they were basically systematically underpaid. Um, undermined, disrespected, um, you know, all all sorts of things like that. Um, It came out that basically all of the white um, hosts of videos were were compensated extra on top of being like editors at the magazine. They were also paid for their appearances in videos. This was not true of the non-white hosts. um, And I struggle to think of any sort of reason that you could offer for that that makes any sort of sense at all. Like, that is just completely indefensible. Um,
1: yeah yeah it's pretty bad um and it's not they, they, they it's been pretty interesting to see their public um the way they're dealing with this the different personalities it, and people involved and it is interesting they, to note
0: that the bon appetit organization and like conde nast has responded and and made some changes already versus cards against humanity and max who have said absolutely not a thing not a single yeah, thing.
1: Yeah. Not, there's nothing. Yeah. Just nothing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that's the raw, the rough outline of everything that's going on. It's a bummer. Um, it was a bad week for like many, the- many reasons. Not the hits, a fun.
0: The hits kept coming. Uh, and they uh, just and
1: don't stop coming. They do not. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: And, and, uh, we wanted to talk about it because I think a lot of people have been going through it as well. And we wanted to just kind of think about what are some of the takeaways from all of this? Mm-hmm. Um, it's one thing to like, experience you, live you something learn. and talk so, about it, but yeah, what are we yeah, learning? We, from we've
0: lived this? now. What can we learn from this? Uh, and I think there's a, a lot of things that we can <laughs> learn from this.
1: Um, yeah. First thing is that like, and it's funny cause it's like, we've just been saying this forever, but yeah, Bo- the bosses are bad.
0: Indeed, yeah.
1: <laughs> you you should not you should not be surprised when you find out that a boss is bad because
0: yeah, and is like taking advantage of their employees and being disrespectful and all because that.
1: that's that's kind of like the name of the game. Mm-hmm. Nobody. A very very rarely does someone become a boss without being that type of person without. It being known it, that that was the- telling,
0: uh, I think, that after Rappaport resigned from Bon Appetit, there was an article with I forget exactly the source, but it was basically him going back and forth uh, uh, in emails with with a, re- the writer. It was a reporter
1: from Jezebel.
0: Oh, yeah, it was Jezebel. Yeah. And, and yeah. Um, uh, basically continuing to prove that he doesn't really have an understanding of why what he did was was wrong yeah Uh, him
1: trying to explain to to them why this wasn't brown face and technically i didn't do anything wrong you know Yeah, and it it was
0: (laughs) it was clear like his attitude applied to that reporter you can take and you could just imagine that that's the same attitude he had to his his low-level employees you know and that was borne out by previous reporting and stories from uh for example his personal assistant and things like that but yeah it's just interesting Uh, these people aren't really gonna learn i think is the thing um i mean yeah. it, it it's all a toss-up i guess and some of them <laughs> definitely aren't gonna learn
1: the other thing that i thought that th- the thought that i had this week was it was about stan culture mm-hmm. and about how it it has it has been co-opted or maybe it always was mm. as a as an op for capital mm-hmm. it it is basically exceedingly useful right for those who hold power to use this to manipulate people into holding unreasonable beliefs about other individuals in positions of power or public prominence
0: because your you know rabid fandom for bon appetit who did the benefits for that accrue to? Like, if you bought merch from them or whatever, did that go to the hosts, the people that you actually like? No, that went to the no. company and the people at yeah. the top. And we, yeah. know, you know, like, as much as you liked watching Sola or, or Priya or Gabby or, or anyone else, they were underpaid for their work. Yeah. So, like, you watching, you know, didn't solve so that you problem
1: are, you or whatever. basically are helping to generate money <laughs> which they are the people do, doing all of these terrible things right yeah and that's not I to mean, say the, don't enjoy things i mean come on i'm not trying right we're not trying this is to. just
0: uh continued rehashing of the principle that there is no ethical consumption under capitalism
1: right right um and beware about how that culture that stand culture can create these biases or cause you to ignore things that are quite obvious. So mm-hmm. f- for instance is with cards against humanity, the Stan culture, the culture of standing Max they, Temkin, they definitely exploited
0: to, their reputation as a sort of woke brand.
1: Yeah, but and it that caused allowed people them to, 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 to bypass their reasoning of, of, of looking at that group and being like, Well, hold on. Why aren't why aren't they unionized?
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah. And sort of, you know, I I think of back to the 2014 rape allegation and how, you know, impossible for me to have any idea whether it was true or not. So who do you look for to guidance? You look towards like the friends and and people that that person knows in real life and how they're reacting to it. And they all seem to think that it wasn't that bad or that it wasn't true at all or something like that. Yeah. And so, and and, you know, it's just this, how you take this sort of facade of like, in that case, Max sort of leveraged his brand as a woke person and, Mm -hmm. and, and, and did some manipulation there basically to, to continue to maintain his station in the world more or less. Yeah. That's what I've. That's what I've. From the Cars Against Humanity thing in particular, the from all of the little bits and pieces that I've seen, it, it seems to me like there was quite a lot of manipulation going on.
2: Uh, in the terms sick of, thing
1: about it is that I assume he believes that about himself, and I think hmm. that's how he justifies his behavior to himself because the ends justify the means. And yeah, there's some bad things that happened and some people who got hurt along the way. But I'm really trying to do this greater goal.
0: It's like, oh, yeah, you know, we've mistreated a lot of our workers who are, you know, from marginalized uh, communities or groups or whatever. But, um, you know, we did, um, you know, like put up a bunch of anti-Trump billboards or whatever. And so, you know, those things equal out or whatever.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It is It is a pretty twisted thing when you start thinking about it. Um, but that's it does, the thing.
0: That's the thing is that the manipulation was that you didn't think about it until now.
1: Right, right, yeah. Um, And that kind of goes into the, another point that like any organization for and created within this racist and capitalist system will always have these issues. This is not just a... Cards Against Humanity or a Bone Appetit problem, right?
0: Yeah, which I have seen people... There have been people that have wandered into the du- Dubai Friday Discord and they say, why is it so bad for Cards Against Humanity? Surely every place is like this. And it's like, <laughs> yes, but that's not... That doesn't excuse it here or really right. anywhere. Like, that is sort of the point, <laughs> is that it's unacceptable <laughs> everywhere.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: right. Yeah, and- I, yeah.
0: Anyway, and the there were sooner people we deal with like,
1: it and confront it, the better.
0: Yeah, I'm just very over the people who are coming in like this. Just sounds like workplace politics. It's like, uh huh. Thank you for your contribution. <laughs> very helpful. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. Another another thing is, uh, I think, and I don't want this to be misconstrued as a critique of quote unquote cancel culture because hmm. I am. I am not an edgelord up comedian who's who's going to do a routine. Yeah, we're about, not. We're well, not New York Times gold. columnists. <laughs> we're, or, not,
0: you know. <laughs> we're
1: not. We're not. But Stevens. Yeah. Um, But I do think that focusing on these totems of of our fury can like. Yeah. Be a distraction.
0: It, well, it's a it's a kind of a, a of co-optation as well. Right. Because you think well, we'll just cancel this one person and that yeah. solves the issue. But, but the issues here are clearly deeper, right? Like, it's not Max Temkin. It's a Temkin, systemic thing. Like, if Max Temkin gets fired or, or quits Cards Against Humanity, that doesn't magically clean up the organization and make everything great. And this is and the it, same. And it, the, the staffers of Bon Appetit are not exactly pleased with the person who is the new editor in chief because right. they were the deputy for Rappo and, um, you know, oversaw like a bunch of this stuff. <laughs> right, exactly. They, they, they already had some of the power so
1: and and the thing is that, even taking out one person, that vengeance doesn't doesn't actually provide any justice in, in, in as much as it it doesn't rectify anything, it doesn't mm-hmm. um it doesn't repair anything it doesn't It doesn't make up for all of the suffering and the bad at, things, at that least happen. in the
0: long term, yeah,
1: right. I and think so what we're saying that's here what you is have that to think about.
0: I think what we're saying here is that, like, obviously there are people responsible and they must be held to account. But that's right. not the only thing that you should do. You have to do and it's hard work, the broader work of, of you know, completely remaking these organizations and, right. and rooting this out from wherever it, um, you know, springs up. Um, yeah, you can't you can't just fire somebody and say, well. <laughs> We've solved the issue,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. It's a, and it's, it's easy a long to get, road. Yeah, and it's easy to get caught up in it. And so, just be aware of that. You, you put something down here that you said you're. You oh yes. So about.
0: the other thing that I have thought about a lot with this, especially observing, there's been a lot of people that have come into the Dubai Friday Discord server, um, and they're all very emotional, and there a lot of them are very distraught and betrayed. Um, and I've been thinking about that a lot and that reaction because it is somewhat unusual, uh, to me personally. And I think to you as well, like we said, um, but this is all to do with
1: empathetic to it, but it is alien.
0: Yes. It it, it requires. and, And that's why I think I've been thinking about it is because I've been, um, trying to put myself in their shoes and understand their interactions and their relationship with the podcast and, and you know, the hosts and things like that um, to try and achieve a greater understanding here. Um, this is all to do with parasocial relationships uh, and, and parasocial relationships are basically like the kind of relationship that you manifest between uh, yourself and like someone that you don't actually know or interact mm-hmm. with. So like could be someone on TV, uh, could be a podcaster could be a YouTuber, something like that. And so um, parasocial relationships are a big topic these days because of how much media we consume. And the the pitfalls that you have of parasocial relationships is that you end up feeling very close to someone who you're, you're not actually close to. And then when they right. inevitably mess up, you can feel very betrayed by that as if you're losing a, a real friend. You
1: know- you know, that's really interesting, and it makes me think of something that, uh, um, I, there was a church leader that I, that I knew for a long time, just an awesome person, and mm-hmm. that, you know, everything, whatever, regardless of everything wrong with the church I went to, the, this person was just the kindest, good best person, and they were, um, they were a psychologist. And they, they often talk to me about this idea that they thought was pretty important that people didn't realize. And it was that you, society wants you to have, in, you, you have, as a human being, have a drive to have intimacy. Yes. You want intimacy, whether that's physical or emotional. Mm-hmm. You want, you crave that intimacy. That's like a human drive. But yeah. to the degree that you increase intimacy without increasing uh, commitment, and and that sort of like two-way agreement, you know, between you and the and the person or the thing that you're becoming more intimate with, then you're setting yourself the, the wider that gulf gets, the 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 more awful it's going to be for you it, because once you realize it, once it breaks, mm-hmm. it's real tough. And I think that's kind of what we've seen in this parasocial thing is that like we develop this intense intimacy that we perceive, but right. there really is no shared commitment. There is no exactly. actual yeah.
0: relationship. And, and that's the... It's So, firstly, I want to say it's not wrong to form these kinds of relationships, and it's not it's and perfectly to to. it's like, perfectly natural to feel the desire to be in communion yeah. with people and you know why would you listen to a podcast if you didn't like the hosts and the things right. that they talked about you have shared interests there the thing is that's an interest that you share with them not that they share with you it's a one-sided relationship and so there are a lot of pitfalls and you 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 have to be kind of careful about these kinds of things and i think yeah. i think you and i have learned that From, I don't know, previous experiences. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, I find that I think this is one of those things where it only really needs to happen to you once for you to learn the, (laughs) you know, because the effects of it are unpleasant. It is as bad as like an actual friend breakup. Um, Yeah. So it, it is risky to find yourself believing that someone like a podcast host is your personal friend because you might start expecting you know um them to to you know basically um reciprocate
1: or hold the same values as you
0: right and 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 you're going to feel uh perhaps that they have some accountability to you as a result of that um but but they don't because they don't know who you are really um, right. Even if you have interacted with them briefly, they still don't have a sort of close relationship to you. The other thing that I saw as well is that quite a lot of people were distraught because they really liked the sort of things that Max stood for and his nominal beliefs, and they are finding it hard to reconcile that and sort of that how they modeled themselves after him with his true nature. And so my thing there is that it is risky to take someone's personality as a model for your own and you should not just simply adopt like um someone a, a particular person as a model for yourself the danger of role models is that no one is perfect and so if you take them right in whole you are accepting their flaws as well and, and trying to incorporate those flaws into your own personality and the goal yeah. here i think is that rather than doing that, you should try and synthesize the best aspects of the personalities of lots of people into your own. Because ultimately, you want to be a better human being, right? So you should look far and wide for people who are cool and doing cool things, and you know, uh, being good people. And you should pick out the things that that are particularly good about those people. You you you, um, sort of breed your own. Personality with with the positive traits, and you try to also analyze their flaws that those people have and understand how you can avoid those flaws certainly right. even before all of this came out, Max was well known for a sort of his disorganization and that um, things that in hindsight sort of make a lot more sense that when they work with, <laughs> with but that how he would sort of pawn work off to people and generally have a sort of um, low regard for um, like things getting done or whatever, you know, and, and yeah. um, that I identified as like, I don't want to be that kind of person. Right. And um, another, yeah. a criticism that we both have of Merlin is that he is not super good at responding to critique. And we saw that after this episode <laughs> came out, um, he was being indignant on Twitter about people emailing him. Um, and that's not really something you want to model for yourself either. So the difficulty here is that it is very hard to identify the strengths and flaws of people, um, because you, you can't possibly know what's going on in their head. And so you will make mistakes and you shouldn't feel bad about that. I don't think if, if you were trying to model yourself after, um, the sort of, um, Politically progressive person that Max tried to portray himself to be, i don 't think that you should feel bad for yourself No, um, because you were
1: somehow swindled by that because those are yeah those you, are you noble were desires right like, yeah. <laughs>
0: um and then my conclusion here is that we we have to hold hold people to account, but we also shouldn't be afraid to cut them out if they do not want to actually be held to account so You know, you can call upon them to do the right thing, but they may not do that. And so you have to be prepared to deal with that and, and, and to cut them out of your life if they will not rise to the occasion and admit their wrongdoings. And that's because if we are to live in an enlightened society, there has to be consequences for bad behavior. We can't just forgive bad behavior because we liked the person Uh, and the podcast that they did and that's something I saw as well is that it seemed to me that there were quite a lot of people who are who were um, looking for reasons to forgive Max they really just wanted to um, like they don't they didn't really want to reevaluate their relationship with their idea of him and I think you really just have to accept that you are going to have to do that. Um, Not just with Max, but like with any other public person you can think of. I think that's the thing that that sort of differentiates you and I (laughs) from a lot of the folks that we've been talking to, I think, is that we are prepared to do that at at mostly any time. Like when I saw the first allegations on Saturday, I thought, uh, you know, I thought, well, that's interesting. Um, I wonder how this will develop. And then as more and more allegations came out, I was just like, well. To be honest, I'm not that surprised and I am, um, you know, I, I don't feel like it's a particular like I was prepared to to um, to consider that Max was perhaps not the person that I thought he was.
1: Yeah. And 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 I mean,
0: <sighs> and I Gosh. give myself I give myself um, space to say, well, you know, I made a mistake. A- and also to, uh, and to a degree, I was manipulated into thinking that he was the kind of person that he isn't. But there's also things for me to learn there. Um, You know, there were a lot of um, sort of um, uh, like there's all these things that you can pull together now. And if you string them together with red, red, um, red yarn, you know, on a on a on a cork board, you can connect the dots and be like, oh, this all points in this direction that people have been talking about now. Um, So that's sort of a lesson for me. And there's lessons about, you know. Like we've said um, with Stan culture and things like that, where you are, um, you know, basically readily, readily forgiving of, um, you know, mistakes or things like that, when perhaps you should interrogate them further. So I don't know. There's (laughs) been a lot of folks who have been having trouble with um, sort of reevaluating their relationships to. You know, not just Max, but to like people in media generally. And I've been trying yeah. to help to the extent I can because I think I do have a different perspective than a lot of these other folks. The difficulty, and, of course, is that I am really good at understanding my own perspective and how I go about these things and not so much at how other people go about these things. So I am offering right. I'm offering my thought process on this. And I, I think guess. of
1: it from a perspective of someone who's who does a podcast. Um and for for god knows what reason people listen to it yeah and <laughs> and like to like say nice things or have critiques or mm-hmm. um give us ideas or feedback um and from that perspective also it it would really make me feel terrible to think that anybody out there is like trying to model their life off of me or thinking of me as their actual IRL friends. I mean, we've, we, I mean, we
0: both have discussed a lot of the flaws that we have, uh, you know, quite readily. And so I,
1: I try to be very open about that stuff and I'm sure there's things that I haven't ever talked about that, you know, if they popped up, it would hurt people's feelings. Um, but the point you know, of this like,
0: podcast, I think, is that we want to help you learn. We yeah. don't want to help you learn from us. We want to help <laughs> you to learn for yourself, if that
2: makes and, any sense. And,
1: and through the things that we've learned, you know, yeah. uh, and, and, and picked up on and kind of, it's a, it's a empathetic, uh, cathartic experience it, You know, going like, through it together.
0: Right. Yeah, like uh, what I I'm trying to with this podcast I'm trying to give people the tools to understand the wider world. Um and maybe it's I, getting I don't, a little
1: far up our own butts, but right, but
0: I I don't I don't want people to adopt my own thought processes. I want people to understand how we think and consider, you know, synthesize that with their own thought processes, right? So Yeah.
1: Yeah. And in the end, you know, I think like Sometimes it's like this is a good opportunity to take a step back and evaluate your relationship with the media you consume, with Mm. your social network relationships, what you think about those things, particularly during a time right now when there's actual stuff going on on the streets in real life. You know, there's yeah, and you're there's such a caught co- like all
0: angles. With for instance, all I sorts. feel
1: real stupid that I only know I really only have a relationship with one of my neighbors. Mm. I don't. Mm-hmm. There's one that I don't want to have a relationship with because they're very <laughs> not great. But you know, there's the people across the street and Kitty Corner. I don't really know them, and so you know, thinking about allowing myself to be so upset about an internet um, board game person mm-hmm. versus. There's probably people on my own street here that are having a hard time or that are going through things like actually experiencing the problems of our society right now with a pandemic going on with all of this, uh, you know, white supremacy raining down on us. Like, it, perhaps I should invest a little bit differently um my intimacy (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like my relationships and and just think about that um it has been really rewarding lately to like be involved with you know i joined the dsa um and and, you know that hasn't even been that much it's been kind of hampered by the pandemic it's kind of difficult to do all this stuff online um but even that is just like a little bit more real than these other relationships to a certain extent and a little bit more rewarding, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm not saying turn it all off and don't listen. I mean, f- listen to our podcast, please. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I hope that makes sense.
2: Yeah. So Speaking...
1: You know, wait, I know we might be spending too much time talking about this, <laughs> yeah, I feel like oh, maybe we should move on. There's some more there in the show notes. You can read that, right? Like-
0: yes., uh, the only solution is to burn it all down. Yes, that's an article you can read.
1: Oh no, I did okay. <laughs> I was on the Huel board. Um,
0: just a quick update to um, someone would we discuss I, I mean,
1: speaking of people who build their personality based on on the uh, podcasters and stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, you know, so this is, um, a, a fellow that we talked about in season two, episode 14, rich computer man. Um, <laughs> he got himself in trouble for making some very bad comments about rural Americans. And I am of course talking about Jackson Kernian. Um, he has, uh, become a full globe emoji Twitter person now. Um, yeah. This was brought to my attention. um, And it's just interesting to observe the sort of, um, path that, that one's life takes, I suppose. Um, again, this is, you can choose to learn, you know, observing people and learn and see how they live their life and, and and learn from that. Um, yeah, was, was scrolling through his timeline and it was (laughs) bleak.
1: I don't, I, I
0: don't want to do because, um, Talking about him is not exactly punching up, and we try to only do punching up. But um, yeah, I mean, he he also seems to lack any sort of shame. So
1: it's very it's very hard. It's ve- I mean, I try not to. <laughs> I know you. I try not to like pay much mind to these kinds of people, and it's very hard because it's like they're very. What I think is what, interesting. What, what, what did we say before the show? It's like credulous self-promoting morons is what we get. to like yeah. the, the and thing that I found the self-promoting part of it makes it hard to ignore them. Right. Yeah. Um
0: cuz he's clearly chasing a bit of clout here in his um his his Twitter timeline. But what I found I think most interesting from his tweets and all this goes for global emoji Twitter in general is just the way that they frame problems and their thought processes are so foreign to me because they <laughs> they suggest a like essentially a surface level understanding of each problem and basically yeah. i i think the sort of globe emoji um you know a modus operandi is that you see a problem and you immediately reach a conclusion about it and you do not interrogate it with any sort of depth as to like what could be You know, the further root causes or whatever in 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 automotive engineering, there's the five whys, which is supposed to help you to get to the root cause of an issue. You say, what's the Mm -hmm. problem? Why did that happen? Why did that happen? Why did that happen? And it seems like they just see a problem and they go, oh, uh, well, what we need to do is um, this. And and the thing is that this usually involves a very obnoxious technocratic solution then they'd rather a, spend it, more time on that than evaluating the causes of problems.
1: It's solutioneering is what it is, right? It is, it's yes. not engineering, it's solutioneering. Right.
0: <laughs> it's like, well, I can very easily solve this problem. I'll be back in 6 months after you give me several million dollars with a policy proposal that basically says means test children's school lunches or something like that. <laughs>
1: right and that the, the i mean i don't know if you have more to say about that uh, we don't want to belabor the point but you know yeah rich computer man uh jackson kiernan globe man he's at it again he's popping off yeah uh and i you know there's a the, here's just one of the the hits mm-hmm. um as as our ongoing crisis keeps rolling along i find myself continually surprised alienated out of sorts Wow, is, bummer for you, dude.
0: Yeah, which is to me what that suggests is that you have not been able to connect everything together. That basically you wake up every morning and you're like, wow, I can't believe that that happened. But you don't think <laughs> about how all of these things might be interconnected in some way. You know, like basically no systems level analysis of the well, thing. Well, and all.
1: maybe, maybe you feel, uh, that's that covers the surprised, the alienated maybe that's because you are so privileged that you are so removed from the rest of the world that you you aren't you struggle to empathize (laughs) and you don't have empathy you don't understand you do feel you are you are literally alienated Mm -hmm. because you are alien to the mass of humanity and that's not a problem with the massive humanity, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a problem mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. And the fact that that really bums him out. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, must must suck to be you. Sucks to suck. You know. Yeah. Whereas the Whereas. opposite of that <laughs> is is a is an idea that we've that we've come on come upon. My name's you. Know, <laughs> the man. At the myth. The legend Huel Hauser is right like. now, I'm riding high. He's like the opposite. He's he like is. the opposite. So Huel, Huel goes to a restaurant and they're like, oh, we're halal. And he's like. I had never even heard the word
0: halal before, which just goes to prove how much all of us have to learn about each other's customs and religions and something as basic as, as what foods we eat and why. That, you know, I, that, (laughs) my eyes are watering up a little bit now because that is just, it's a, it's a excellent way of seeing the world that I think is just too rare these days. Yeah. That he's just, he wakes up every day and he says, what a beautiful new day. There is so much for me to learn today.
1: Yeah. He's confronting every problem as a new opportunity to learn. Yeah. Like, oh, I did not know this. How cool. I can mm-hmm. learn something new.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: There are a kind of fun <laughs> things to do here. <laughs> just that. <laughs> <is> amazing. <laughs> it's amazing.
0: Just- it's just. So that's what we, you know, really, we've talked about being glitchified. I think we're now moving to the next phase, which is becoming Huel Pilled.
1: I think that's the next phase that we all need to we yeah, all need to get just, into,
0: and it's just fully adopting, trying. Well, it's it's a it's a it's a constant struggle, right, of self critique. Um, but adopting this idea, this mindset, this lifestyle, that each new day is an opportunity to learn new and exciting things about the world, and some of those things may not be <laughs> pleasant things to learn, but they are right. important. and and they do they do demand you know uh your attention and 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 action
1: and uh, there's there's this been this interesting thing going on in social media i've particularly been seeing from like my white friends on uh instagram in their stories talking about like this is my time to learn i just have to learn like i need to shut up and listen and stuff like that and it's this Mm -hmm. um this 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 kind of weird self-flagellate flagellate how is it? self-flagellation yeah that's the word um mm-hmm. and it's this sort of like it is true that
0: this is this is your time to learn but also that is, is all the time as well
1: that is that is all the time and it it doesn't have to be expressed in such a negative way and yeah. there's there's a lot of questions that I keep hearing from white people lately mm-hmm. um, where they say, well, I don't know what to do because I am afraid that I'm going to offend somebody inadvertently. I'm going to do something wrong. I'm going to get it wrong. How do I be an ally and and not make mistakes and do it wrong? And the, and, and, and the I, answer is... This isn't about you. <laughs> yeah.
0: The, the answer is you're going to make mistakes.
1: Yes. You, you won't have
0: a perfect knowledge. You're going to make mistakes. The thing is you have, to, you have to approach things as Huel does to where you make a mistake that you can go, that's cool. I just learned that now. I won't do that again.
1: Yeah. Some point, someone calls you out and you're just like, oh, boy, look.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you're just, And you're just excited. And, and, uh, you, you, you understand that it's opportunity to learn and to grow and it's not, you can't just like live in the, in this fear of being always socially correct and pleasing everybody at the expense of not doing anything to create a better world. Do you know right. what I mean? Like, yeah, and the fact that that's what people are getting fixated on and they're making it about themselves instead of about like helping people. Mm-hmm. is the problem right it's like, like well how do what do
0: what can i do here and the thing is that is ah, there's a very fine line between you taking the opportunity to learn more and you performatively learning more if that makes yeah, sense yeah and something
1: and something else that goes along with that is it's not your job to punish people who make mistakes that 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 you know better you know like for mm-hmm. instance a recent example of this was people posting the the black pictures uh right the black square the black square on instagram Mm
2: -hmm.
1: i i i did it and i'll tell you why i did it Mm. i woke up in the morning and i looked at instagram and tons of my black friends were posting these black screenshots and i was like you know I want to show them that I support them, too. You know what I mean? like. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: So I so I did it without much thinking. It was like four in the morning. You know what I mean? Uh, right. And then, then, you know, later on the day... There was the it turns came out. out. <laughs> yeah, there was the turns out that like, hey, this isn't actually that helpful. It's sort of flooding social media with a bunch of non-information where actual information could be helpful. It seems like it's it kind of an It was started op.
0: by... Uh, any people of color activists or right. anything like that
1: right it was it was like at at best it was people with good intentions poorly executed at worst it was uh, you know purposeful a deliberate disruption yeah but but you know what the the next week and a half or 3 weeks of people going on and on and on about how terrible that was and how stupid people were for doing that how bad you were yeah. is like not super productive
0: no i'm not sure that that's helping
1: and (laughs) and people the the, almost the worst thing was people who did it oh no i i did it wrong they deleted their post and then they spent the next week talking about i was fooled and this is what happened it was so terrible and 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 again making it about themselves rather than like being like crap i made a mistake this is an opportunity to learn and not Mm -hmm. fall for the same kind of thing yeah Um, I I think it's because
0: in this moment, there is a very much a desire to be seen doing the right thing. Um,
1: And some of that stems from this is the thing about human beings is that we we always have these like noble desires. We have these good motivations that get hijacked by our the, the part of our brains or of our consciousness that's like selfish.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) and 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 so you know you just have to be aware and but you going out there and doing something is good trying Mm. to learn is good being positive um is good and so
0: instead of posting donate money to some orgs and you know and you don't need to post about how you donated money to some orgs you can just donate money to some orgs or something like that volunteer for something you know yeah um, I don't know. I, I, I am reminded of the, uh, uh, you know, a couple of, of biblical lessons about, you know, um, people who pray performatively versus those who do it in secret and things like that.
1: Yeah. So. But alternatively, the, what's also bad is the people who spend their whole time complaining about the people who are doing it wrong. Like, yes, which, which I, I guess is kind of do, the whole conceit of this trying, show. Uh,
0: yes. <laughs> I am prone to do that on Twitter and I have been trying uh very hard not to do that and I think it's we, been going okay. Tell me if I've You're doing good. Yeah. I you're doing well, good. Well, I'm not just you, but you know, hold hold me accountable here. I, yeah, I I am a cynic sort of by nature, so
1: Yeah.
2: It yeah, is, I think you know, I are. do
0: when someone comes out and says, oh, the black square thing uh, isn't actually as helpful as you think it is. In my head, there's a point that's like, yep, kind of figured that, um, which is not the most helpful impulse for me to have, to be honest, because, um, I mean, there is there is value. There's merit in solidarity, um, but, you know, the, the points made against it that it like clogged up actual information for organizing and protests, I think are valid, too so i don't know we all live in this weird weird world of technology none of us have any idea we don't have any idea what we're doing
1: we're just trying our best that is absolutely um, true yep but be I mean, supportive is, of each other
0: what, what other takeaway could we possibly come away with from this show that none of us have any
1: idea what we're doing and yeah i don't know other than that just get you pilled. There are all kind of fun things to do here I have no idea what I'm doing, I was not prepared for this, I'm trying and I'm learning, thank you for your patience, there's so many mistakes I have already made, but I'm working to be better day by day, and I think I'm gonna make it, but for now I'll say, I have no idea what I'm doing. idea what I'm doing